constantly being busy um, and I wasn't taking care of business even though I was busy. This is the Girl Behind the Hustle podcast and I'm Lucretia L.C. Thomas. Each week, I'm chatting with some incredible women across all industries and backgrounds who've agreed to tell the truth about what it really means to hustle. It's time for us to be honest, to let other women know that they aren't alone, to share our mountains and our valleys, to practice self-care, and celebrate our wins together. It's time to hear the truth from the women behind the hustle. This is the girl behind the hustle, and I'm your host, Lucretia L.C. Thomas. Hey, girlfriends, it's your host, Lucretia. So I'm excited, you guys. Today, we are actually throwing it back to an episode that popped up in my memories last week. I re-listened to the episode and the content is so relevant, maybe even more today than when it was when we first recorded it. So I think sometimes as women, we get lost in our hustles. Hustle can feel a little bit like chasing, grinding, and just the go, go, go culture. But you can hustle. You can hustle and you can do it gracefully. And if anything, at this time, what we're learning right now is how to move slower and how to sit still. You can hustle and have boundaries, hustle and practice self-care, enjoy the journey of your growth and build a team. And all of those things are just so much more important than the hustle. I hope you understand this a little bit more after hearing Dr. Genovia Holmes' story. Dr. Genovia Holmes believes that you should never leave home without your boundaries. She's a therapist, a certified dynamic mindfulness teacher. She's a co-founder of The Impact and also founder of Take Care Sis. She helps others cope with daily life stressors, trauma, and other mental health related issues. Through practical self-care and dynamic mindfulness practices, Dr. Genovia teaches harmony and healing in the lives of her sisters, both young and old. During our chat, we discuss why it's important to pour into our cups first, prioritize ourselves, change how we're quantifying losses and wins, and why we need to check in with ourselves daily. Listen to our conversation now. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing very well. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. So I'd like to tell listeners like a little backstory if there ever is one. So I just want you to like, just kind of speak about how we met a little bit. I think it's hilarious. How we met. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I feel like we met before we officially met. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. Me too. <laughs> like I was thinking about that and I was like, man, we have long known each other for a long time. Yeah. So me yeah. and Dr. Genovia Holmes went to high school together. Uh-huh. Um, but we never spoke. I don't remember us ever speaking in high school. Like, I mean, I it was I more just like you. cordial, like, right? hey, because we right. had mutual friends. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a solid friendship that we had in high school. That didn't, that didn't, you know, crystallize then for sure. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. You know how (laughs) high school is. And y'all, so I used to see her in the hallway and you would be so fly. Like (laughs) 
<laughs> this is not just your regular doctor. Like, <laughs> she still is, y'all. She's just so fly. And so, Thank you know you. how you see women in the hallway or girls in the hallway back in high school? You're like, oh, my gosh, that looks so good how she puts that together. And it's still the same. So I'm so here for us, like, breaking into these fields and taking over, like, the patriarchy. Like, she yes. is not your regular doctor. She is fly, y'all. <laughs> Oh, thank you, boo. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so tell my listeners just a little bit about your hustle, just everything, you know, outside of what I said or, you know, anything further you want to get into with that. Um, you know, I'm all about mental health, everything, you know, um, and it was something that I had an eye for as a little girl. Um, I remember being in middle school and, um, you know, it used to really agitate me and frustrate me when, um, when I needed help from, you know, adults, um, and adults would always tell me and my peers, like, oh, you're too young to have problems. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I got problems. I got legit mm-hmm. issues. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then those things got minimized. They went unacknowledged. Um, and I never really got the help that I really needed as a little girl. Um, but I not only saw that for myself, like I saw that for my peers too. And so, you know, me just being the person that I am, I'm just pretty much that like take matters into my own hands kind of person, um, which can be a positive and, you know, a, a healthy and an unhealthy thing, a strength and a weakness. But um, in this way, I, I believe I definitely exercise it in a, in a matter of strength. Um, where I decided to take matters into my own hands. And even though I couldn't necessarily get myself the help that I needed, um, I decided that, you know, I would sacrifice my my lunch and my recess during middle school. And I would, you know, help my peers. And so I had a little uh, composition notebook that I created a little calendar, a little schedule. I had clients, you know, with my peers. And I had little mini counseling sessions with them. And, you know, it all started out just, you know, out of frustration. Um, But at the same time, I didn't necessarily take it too seriously at the beginning um but it got real Mm -hmm. (laughs) it got really real um and my my peers were able to open up uh with me about a lot of their issues that they were really struggling with and that they were able to trust me you know and in high Mm -hmm. school and middle school you know those were the days back when you know you didn't trust anybody where we come from like trust is like everybody got trust issues you don't trust anybody there's fights every single day but to be able to be that safe space for my peers um, that they were able to trust me that they were able to get some help that they needed Um, and a lot of them were then able to find ways to reach out to their families um, so that they can get more professional help Um, and I remember one of my friends she uh, was really really uh, struggling with a lot um, to the extent that she attempted suicide Mm. Um, and so that was my first experience with you know with with suicide you know and that was back in what 99 I believe it was when when that happened Mm -hmm. Um, and you know she went to you know they rushed her to the hospital it happened at home her and I didn't know that her family had knew about you know what we were doing um the little mini counseling sessions quote unquote that that we were having um but I'm so grateful that she was 
able to open up and share that with her family because they then reached out to me um, to be a part of that, you know, process with her healing and recovery. And what I took from that was not only do my peers trust me and see some type of gift and value in me, um, like family, their family saw that as well. Um, and they wanted to involve me in the process of their daughter, you know, recovering and healing and all of that. And, I, and at that point, it became a very serious matter for me. And I knew that this was something that I was called and purposed to do. Um, That's amazing, especially at such a young age, you yeah. know, to kind of have that insight and just wisdom and knowing like there's purpose in what I'm doing at this age. Yeah. So I knew I knew from the very beginning, from a very early age, what I wanted to do. I, um, I honestly don't know if I knew what a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist was. I, I probably just knew the term. I definitely didn't know what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, you know, just kind of already starting on that trajectory, um, I didn't know that, you know, certain psych- that psychologists had the certain look, the certain image, dressed a certain type of way. So, you know, I was able to just kind of be true to myself in that process um, and just kind of, you know, <laughs> keep my own little sense of style and, mm-hmm. um, and really use that as a tool for people to relate to me um, in a way that's not so stoic and cold and standoffish, but more welcome and inviting that I realized. And so it's been important to just be my authentic self. And, and I think that ties into a lot of self-care as well. Yeah, definitely. What's the um, breakdown of your full-time hustle versus side hustles? What's the breakdown of that? What what all do you do? Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot. That's why self care is so important for me. Um, but full time, I am a therapist um, working at a private practice, a private group practice. Um, um, down here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, Mansfield to be specific. Um, there, I uh, right now work exclusively with children and adolescents, um, where I do individual therapy. Of course, I work with their parents and their families. Um, so we do a lot of family therapy. I do a lot of parent training as well. I, I do find that a lot of my work with the younger kids, I'm doing more work with the parents, <laughs> so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, and so I, I do uh, individual therapy. I do family therapy. Um, if um, let's say it's a predominantly children and adolescent uh, private practice facility. Um, and so let's say if another one of our uh, psychologists is seeing, you know, the child, but the couple or one of the parents needs some individual therapy or couples therapy because, you know, parenting has become a stressor on their relationships or on their individual well-being, then we will see uh, individual family members from those children and adolescents who already receive our services. So um, mm-hmm. I do have the luxury to work with some adults and some couples um, from that particular aspect as well. And I do psychological testing, neuropsychological testing, psychoeducational testing. So I assess and test for all types of things, anxiety, mood-related disorders, um, ADHD, autism, uh, learning disorders, and all of those just different types of things. Okay, so that would be your uh, full-time hustle. And yes. then what about your side hustles? Because um, so the hustle don't stop, you know? It, it does like, that's not. nine to five, and then you got a five to nine, and then you got the weekend hustle. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, that's full-time. Um, and then my side hustles include uh, Take Care Sis. 
Um, and SIS is, you know, it stands for self-care is in session. So that's my self-care business that I had uh, specifically for young girls and women. Um, and that involves, um, I host bi-monthly uh, guided meditation sessions. Um, and I also work with um, individual clients and group clients. And I, and I group um, self-care sessions. So that could look like, you know, Maybe we, you want to host like a girls' night and or have like a self-care retreat for a group of women or a group of young girls. And so I would come in and I would immerse um, everyone into a range of different self-care exercises and activities and just, you know, create a space where you can choose you and make this time and space for yourself to restore, to heal, to rejuvenate, to recharge, um, and get those things that you need from self-care. And a lot of times women don't know um, what self-care looks like. And so for them, it's getting those tools and saying, hey, you know what, that felt good, or I like that, or that was a really good release for me. I can take this home with me, and I can take this in the car with me. I can take this to work with me. And so really providing like simple, practical self-care tools um, and, and insight that that you know are very impactful and transformative and life-changing and you know not burdensome because we don't want self-care to be another chore or another task that we have to check off our, our to-do list it then becomes you know counterintuitive so um, I do a lot of you know private sessions with individual clients and group sessions or self-care uh, self-care uh, retreats etc um, and so that is take care sis um, and then with my Millennial Empowerment brand that I co-found, um, we host uh, by excuse me quarterly uh, panel discussions, and so it is a uh, Millennial Empowerment brand, and so we um, host panels. Um, for millennials, by millennials. So me and the, uh, my co-founder, we're both millennials. And we're very intentional and specific about um, the panelists that we have at each of our discussions and events to be represented of, you know, the diversity of our of our millennials. And so it is going to be exclusively millennials on the panel, which was something that we saw um, just in our individual experiences that we would go to different events and it's like a millennial event but we're not being represented on the panel and so mm -hmm. we wanted to bridge that gap and we host these panels um, talking about you know real topics um, topics that are relevant for today's millennials and we you know evoke impact and change in these lives and so yeah, we just had um, our relationship panelist uh, panel on um, this past Saturday, and it was it was a huge success. So we're looking to start that back up next year, and starting to take it on the road and doing tours. And Chicago is one of those cities that we're looking to target real soon. So, oh, that's awesome! I can't wait for that to come here. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of your job is spent kind of pouring into people, building other people up. Yes. What do we not see? behind it all behind all of that pouring into others what don't we see I people don't see the introverted me mm. <laughs> people don't see the shy me you know it's so amazing how God works that you know he's called me to 
uh, he's called me and given me the capacity to stretch outside of my comfortable self, you know, because I love to just be home and just chill out. Um, if I'm with, you know, if I'm out, I'm with a small, intimate group of people that, you know, that promote me and promote, you know, everything, positivity and all of those things. But, um, but beside that, I, like, I'm really engaging in self-care and recharging myself and so everything is very intentional about how is this going to serve me better and that Mm -hmm. could look like you know taking a nap um you know I'm not accepting phone calls after a certain time or I need you know this Friday to be to myself and or I'm reading a book or um, I'm doing some writing or I'm hanging with a group of friends or I'm going on a nature walk um I, I'm, you know, my turn up, my lituation is really just all things relaxation and calm. Like I, I live for that type. Yeah, of I love stuff. that. <laughs> um, some people call me a grandma, but that's really the thing <laughs> that I enjoy, and and I take pride in that. Um, and so I'm very intentional about how I utilize my time, um, because I know that. Um, like self-care for me is, you know, making a daily decision to choose and prioritize myself. And I can't do any of the things that I mentioned that I do if I don't make a decision to choose Genovia. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And so I guess when you kind of experience like the more challenging parts of your job, what keeps you motivated or moving in those moments of doubt? Like, you know, sometimes you may encounter a child or a family situation and I don't know, do you ever feel overwhelmed in those moments? Like, how do you kind of hear these stories and take them in? Like, what keeps you moving in those moments? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a very difficult um, and taxing job for sure. And that's why self-care is even more important because I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and be able to be present. And so mm-hmm. um, I have to always be charged up for, you know, because every time my client comes to see me, they are in at some level of crisis, right? Because that's the reason why they come. And most people, they don't, they don't come to therapy because, you know, just in case, or I want to take preventative measures. That's the hope. Um, but they often come in reactive mode and in some form of crisis at some particular level. Um, And I know that I'm purpose for this. And so that always keeps me at a place that I I can remind myself that I can handle this, Mm -hmm. that I'm confident in this, and that if my clients continue to keep coming back to me, that they are confident in me and that they trust me as well. And I'm able to, despite whatever the crisis situation is, be that calm space. Um, Somehow I'm able to remain calm under like really crazy, stressful uh, chaotic crisis situations um, and so that you know being able to just respond instead of react helps me to just deal with those constant crisis situations and um, high stressful situations as well so um, but also just being able to do like periodic check-ins like how am I how am I dealing how am I showing up how am I dealing with my emotional state? Like, how is this affecting me? And being able to acknowledge that, accept that, deal with that in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And how do I need, like, what do I need to do with this um, anxiety that I'm experiencing? You know, what can I do in the moment? If, if it takes me just taking a couple deep breaths before I execute um, a course of action 
or consult with his family about, you know, their child dealing with suicidal thoughts and plans and wanting to harm themselves, if it's a matter of me just taking a quick moment to take a deep breath so that I can be fully present for this family, then, you know, I'm going to maximize the the opportunity of a pause so mm-hmm. that I can be responsive and not reactive because the family is probably already being reactive and we need someone to kind of, um, stop that vicious cycle so that we can make sound decisions and execute a plan that will be um, most effective and beneficial for this kid or for this parent or for this mother or couple, et cetera. So I would say that's, you know, something that I do and just, I take period, I take breaks um, during uh, different times of the day at work, just so that I can constantly check in with myself um, because otherwise I'll be frustrated, I'll be stressed, right. I'll be depressed as well, and I can't show up for my clients, you know, with that emotional uh, baggage. And so I'm constantly having to, you know, check my own baggage as well. Mm-hmm. And so I also think that um, sometimes, like in our generation now, we're always kind of looking at the next person and what they're doing. And so we may only publicize our wins. And so I always like to find out what's a loss that you experience. Those things that you don't really talk about or it's not publicized. We're not posting about that. But what's something, I guess, like during your journey or career, um, what's a loss that you may have experienced? You know, I've experienced so many losses. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy that, you know, really... I've had to learn how to, um, how I quantify my losses, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that, um, you know, me, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so um, perfectionism was something that I strive for. And, and I learned that it was something that was more detrimental than helpful for me. Um, and so, you know, the first thing is to acknowledge my losses and whether I promote it on social media or not, um, I've become more comfortable and open and vulnerable with acknowledging those losses, um, being honest with, you know, I took an L, you know, I failed at this and being able to talk to people that I love and trust that can support me through that as well. Um, I mean, one of my most recent losses was um, I had been studying, you know, months on end for a really huge exam and I failed miserably. (laughs) (laughs) I failed miserably, you know, Um, and, and it was, you know, and here I am, like, I'm really good at test taking, you know, I, I do very well at test taking, but here I was, you know, I, I waited until I got in the car because I wanted to, you know, open it up in the, in the you know, in my own privacy. And I, I opened up that envelope and I saw what, you know, my score and that I didn't pass. And, you know, I had an immediate emotional reaction. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we have to acknowledge like, okay, this is a failure. This is an L. And it made me feel angry or, you know, I'm feeling really sad or however you might be feeling. For me, I was, you know, sad, frustrated, disappointed. Um, But you know what? That was very short-lived because immediately thereafter, I, I, I was able to say to myself that, you know what? I'll just have to take it again. And the next mm-hmm. time I'll take it, I'll do better and I'll have more time. 
And so I learned in that moment that practicing how I quantify my losses, I'm able to be better able to see um, those gains underneath that loss, you know, because I mean, there are times where it's a full L, you know, you take a whole loss, but, you know, I challenge myself to see, okay, what gains can I get out of this L? You know, I I, I didn't pass, but I I now have more time and space to really study how I want to and how I need to. I know how I took, you know, change my study habits, you know, do those types of things. And and this was like a really major exam that, you know, really um, has a significant impact on my career in many different ways. But I didn't let it keep me down, you know. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important to kind of look at it for what it is, assess it, and figure out how we can move forward in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, like, just even with, you know, um, like, I host lots of events, and I know lots of people that host lots of events as well. Um, and just something that I see um, that we just, as a collective, um, struggle with, you know, quantifying wins and losses that, um, you know, why do we, um, like, we really struggle with taking the L mm-hmm. and that, you know, if, if I, you know, promoted this event for 50 people, but only 20 people or 10 people showed up, then I took an L. Um, and I really want to challenge people to, you know, not just look at those individuals as a number, but, you know, that is a significant individual who comes to your events and they they buy your product, they buy your, your service, they're invested in what you created, and they're invested more so in themselves. And so maybe we didn't get the 50 people or the 100 people for the event, but if we got a solid 20 people that say, hey, I'm invested in this product, in this event, and more so I'm invested in myself like there is new life within that life and they're already investing and working towards transforming their lives and breaking generational curses and if we have a more generational mindset then we can see that those 20 people are like a greater win and more significant than you know the numbers that we were just trying to pull just to show you know, just to post on the gram that this was a successful sold out mm-hmm. event, you know. So I think that's really important. You know, when you say that, that is truly powerful because when you think about maybe the five people or 20 people that showed up at your event, multiply through the people that they're going to impact through the generations. That is powerful. Instead of counting the exact number of people that are at your event and considering it a win or a loss. So this part of the podcast is called The Real Deal. It's like okay. um, five or six questions. Um, okay. Get into it. So how do you define self-care? Oh, self-care. Um, self-care, you know what? As I mentioned before, first and foremost, it is a daily decision to choose and prioritize self. Otherwise, we'll just put ourselves in the back burner, and that puts us in a position to always be reactive to every situation that we experience, to every relationship that we encounter. Um, And so I think that we have to be more proactive with taking care of ourselves, with dealing with um, the different experiences that we we encounter, whether that's interpersonal, whether that's emotional, um, et cetera. But I think it's also... 
a continual cultivation of reflecting on ourselves so that we have a greater sense of awareness and understanding of who we are. And that helps us to have healthier relationships. That helps us to be able to have the capacity to ace our emotions, which is, you know, being able to promote our emotional intelligence. And ACE Our Emotions is really just an acronym that I created. ACE stands for Awareness, Control, and Expression. When we can have awareness of how I'm feeling in a given moment, when we're able to control how we're feeling in a given moment, when we're able to express how we're feeling in a given moment, that um, that creates a space for us to be our healthiest selves, mm-hmm. um, to be able to uh, acknowledge our authentic selves as an emotive human being, right? And so I always talk about, you know, how do you relate with your emotions, whether that's positive or negative? You know, how do you deal with anger? Like, how, how do you... And frustration, like, how do you guys chill and get along? Like, how do you deal with them? Do you avoid them? Do you acknowledge them? Do you welcome them? Do you talk to them? Like, how do you manage these different emotions that we all uh, experience? And it's all okay. Um, But those things that we resist, you know, we push out of the realm of control and then it has control over us and it overtakes us. And that is where we deal with imbalances with emotions and balances with negative thoughts and all of those things. And everything starts with in the mind and is influenced, you know, the, the mind and our thoughts thereof then influences our emotions and how we react with our actions and behaviors to different experiences. And so they all work together for us to win and succeed in life. And that is really uh, my definition of like self-care. And with that in itself also comes with, you know, how we relate to the psychological, spiritual and and, um, physical aspects of ourselves. You know, like that is, that is what, that is the entity of the self. The wholeness of the self is that we are all, Uh, a makeup of our psychological selves and spiritual selves and physical selves, whatever that looks like and means for you. But um, the psychological component, of course, entails mental and emotional. And that goes back to, um, you know, what I, what I talked about before is, you know, how do we ace that awareness, Mm -hmm. control and expression. And what's your self-care routine? What's that consist of? Um, You know what I, it's not one routine. So I have a morning routine. I have things that I do throughout the day um, based on, you know, me checking in with myself um, periodically through the day and then assessing, hey, what do I need? You know, so the fact that I'm able to be reflective, to ace my emotional uh, intelligence, I know what I need in the, in, the, in a given moment. The fact that I'm able to be physically attuned with, um, with that particular aspect of myself, the physical aspect, I'm able to listen to my body and give her what she needs. Um, and that can be as simple as, okay, G, did you eat today? Like you've been working yes, this time true. to this time. Right. <laughs> did you eat today, girl? Man. You know? <laughs> and that was a struggle for me for, for a long time when I was much younger. Um, is You know, I would go all day and not eat. And then it's 12 mm-hmm. o'clock at night. And I'm like binging on all this food. And that's not, that's not safe. That's not safe, nor is it healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Self-care looks like my self-care routine. I'm not a morning person and I'm not a jealous person, but if I'm jealous of anything in this world, it's morning people. Like, <laughs> how do you wake up? I, I just, I, 
I, that's, that's not me, you know, and I know that, you know, and so I know that there's a lot of, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about how to be a 5 a.m., how to wake up at 5 a.m., and I, you know, there are times where I have to get up, you know, that early for work, um, but it's not something that I enjoy. It's something that I have to do, and so self-care looks like, how can I make this a pleasurable experience? How can I put myself first before I go out here into the trenches and give my all and pour my all into my clients? Um, how can I, you know, make sure that I am, you know, on 10 um, or at my full capacity uh, at a given moment and allow myself to wake up because I don't get up at 6 or 6 in the morning and I'm like wide awake. No, it takes, mm-hmm. me that, <laughs> it takes me that hour to get dressed to get out the house and my commute to work is an hour. And a lot of people, you know, they have a really poor relationship with traffic. Man, I, I love I love traffic now because it because it gives me time to wake up and it gives me time to transition from waking up in the morning to being you know this professional Genovia that I need to be this therapist this alter all these things that I need to be for my clients I need transitions and I learned that self care for me involves you know it's not just one routine or one plan it's you know, what I need in a given moment. And so sometimes those things change, but I have to wake up and listen to music. I have to make sure that I do my self-care, my skincare in the morning, because all of those things are ways that I pour into self-love and, and respect and taking time out for myself. Um, I have to do a devotional. I have to listen to, you know, this podcast and feel myself with positivity, but sometimes, you know, I might listen to a different podcast. Um, and so I, I'm allow, I allow myself to have flexibility in what I need to know that I can't just adhere to this plan. If my body is telling me that I need to deal with this, or if my emotional state is telling me I need to handle this, um, and manage this situation and these emotions in a different way, then I'm going to adhere and be open to that. Um, and I know that for me, I need transitions. You know, I work with mm-hmm. kids and a lot of my kids, especially those who have ADHD, like they have the most problematic uh, times at school, you know, from trying to transition from recess back into, you know, curriculum, like it's a struggle for them. I don't know, like we need better transitions for kids who struggle mm-hmm. that way. But I understand because I too need those types of transitions. And so my commute, my hour commute is the transitional period for me. And so I'm very intentional about you know, that being a time of transition for me and coming home, you know, I can't talk to anyone when I get off work at 5.30 because, again, I'm an introvert, and so I don't really like to talk much, but I talk all day, every day at work, um, and so I need just, you know, some peace and quiet or just to listen to my music so that I can transition from the work mode to, you know, just like my personal life or being able to transition into working on take care sets or be able to transition into working on the impact stuff so that there are no blurred lines because then, Mm -hmm. you know, that just tended to overwhelm me. What's a quote, verse, or mantra that kind of keeps you encouraged? Be still and know Mm. that I am God. That's one of my favorites. Um, it, it, it is. It is. It's, it's one of my favorites because, you know, as 
as entrepreneurs, as, you know, whatever your profession is, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're this girl boss and you're like, do, you know, this, this one woman show, you're doing it all on your own. You know, we have the tendency to constantly be on the go and be working and working mm-hmm. around the clock. Um, but one thing that I've really like honed in on and really heard God um, just these last, you know, three years or so is the power of being still, you know? Mm -hmm. And if God has called me to do all of these things, I need him to be amidst of all of these things. I need to know that he is amidst of all these things. And, And I found myself losing sight of that whenever I was constantly going, 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 and constantly being busy. Um, and I wasn't taking care of business, even though I was busy. Because um, mm-hmm, there is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference, right? And so I found that there was productivity in the rest, you know, and being mm-hmm. able to rest and being able to be still and really hear from God about, you know, what are the ideas that you have for me to do? Like, how can I, like, what do you, how do you want me to take, take care of sis to the next level? How do you want me to reach out to my millennial brothers and sisters and, 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 and speak with them, you know? And so it's, it's, you know, I'm very intentional about being still, whether that's meditating, whether that's praying, whether that's, you know, um, just literally resting, because uh, that was something like I did not know how to do for many years. Um, and, you know, and it's refreshing when, um, when I go, when I host an event, um, and one of our panelists, as they were speaking, he just randomly said, you know, God is here. And no matter how many people showed up to that event, no matter how much money we profited, that was a win for me because I want God to be amidst of everything that I do. And it first starts with being able to be still and allow him to be amidst of, of, of my sacred space, myself, my presence. And so, you know, that's, that's just, it's simple in itself, just be still. Yes. Thank you so much for that reminder. Thank you for that. What is a tool that you couldn't live without? Something that you use daily in your life or career? Boundaries. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Boundaries, for sure. You know, that's personal and professional. And we have to understand that boundaries are necessary, that boundaries are healthy. Boundaries serve to protect us. Boundaries serve to protect the people who don't know how to do boundaries. Um, It serves to protect them as well. And so reinforcing them on a daily um, with confidence and conviction, and that can look like, you know, giving them a blessed no. Um, And sometimes without an explanation, Um, because me growing up many, you know, for many years, even, you know, in my early adult years, um, I would say yes to everything. I was a people pleaser. And that was just just bearing me down to the ground. Um, I would say that just another one is that, you know, I going back to the rest and being still, I no longer subscribe to. Um, to the idea and this belief and mantra that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yes, exactly. You know, like I, what I see is that 
people who adopt that mindset and that belief, you know, it leads to an early death. You know, if we look at all these celebrities that are just constantly going, 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 um, and they believe that, you know, oh, I, you know, no sleep, no day. Yeah, off. I call it the Diddy mantra. <laughs> yeah, I don't get tired, you know. Yeah, can't stop, won't stop. Like... Can't stop, won't stop. Like, don't stop, get it, get it. No, yeah. take a break, rest, mm-hmm. you know, because if not, then you'll just put yourself at a, to a, you know, an early grave. And that is where I was headed uh, because I really believed that. And, you know, it took me to really, um, like my health, you know, to really be depleted and, you know, constantly end up in the hospital and not knowing why, just really having to like really shift that mindset. And so that's something that I have to live by every day. Love that. And fill in the blank. My name is, and one truth about the hustle is. My name is Genovia. And one truth about the hustle is that it's invigorating. Mm. Yeah, it's invigorating. Love that. Well, thank you so much. Um, Please let our listeners know how they can connect with you. Yes, absolutely. Um, You can connect with me on uh, social media. My, let's see, uh, for the impact, um, we are the impact experience. That is the impact experience without the E. So X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can follow us there. Um, you can follow my self-care business, Take Care Sis. Um, that handle is Take Care underscore Sis, S-I-S, underscore with Dr. G. And that's D-R-G. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Like, thank you so much You're for welcome. this conversation. This was Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. I feel that we need to constantly have these conversations you know yes they are needed hit it and quit it we have to you know it has to be a continual dialogue so I appreciate you for creating this space to have such conversations thank you very much thank you I hope that this episode inspires you to take some time and actually sit still and think about what you need right now in this moment it's inconvenient it's unfortunate it's a lot of things but how can we sit still in this moment and figure out what we all actually need because it's not the same for all of us we each need something a little bit different so I hope you enjoyed this episode we want to hear from you feel free to shoot an email over at heygirl at girlbehindthehustle.com you can also connect with us on Instagram or at Facebook at Girl Behind the Hustle. Until next week when we meet again, hustle and grace.